the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Happy December 9th, 2020. Okay, let's get to it. This came up on the show yesterday, and it's of a worthy discussion. How in a Republican form of government do we handle a disappointment or loss? We firmly believe the result of unfairness, irregularity, or fraud. This question is, of course, not new, though it is with us anew today. It goes back, however, to our very founding. In fact, and Abraham Lincoln was obsessed with this from his earliest speech, his Lyceum Address, and when he was president, where he asked, is there in all republics this inherent and fatal weakness? Must a government of necessity be too strong for the liberties of its own people or too weak to maintain its own existence? It starts every now and then with a letter Thomas Jefferson wrote from France in 1787 about Shays' rebellion. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. It is its natural manure, close quote. Forgotten often is this line horrified George Washington, prompting him to try to create a government strong enough in Philadelphia at the convention to keep this sentiment from running riot. Riot. Good word here. James Madison was on to this too, as he put it in Federalist 51, a line conservatives don't much love, but it's there, quote, in framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You must first enable the government to control the governed and in the next place oblige it to control itself. Close quote. In A New Birth of Freedom, Professor Harry Jaffa writes this about Jefferson's line. Jefferson's reaction to Shays' Rebellion contrasts remarkably with the reactions of not just Washington, but also Madison and Hamilton and other leading founders. For them, that rebellion proved a catalyst for the convention that framed the Constitution of 1787, a document that had no more urgent purpose than to provide security for property against popular passions. Property was being endangered in the states by the people seeking relief from debt, either through the legislature or by mob action. But despite his reaction to Shays' rebellion, no one was more committed than Jefferson to the security of property under the rule of law, in popular no less than in other kinds of government. Jefferson always believed that the people are the origin of all the just powers of government and that it is by the majority alone that the people can act. But in keeping with his view that an elective despotism was not the government we fought for, Jefferson believed with the other founders in the danger of majority tyranny. The rights of minorities, meaning the rights of individuals, we no less, were no less inviolable, inviolable by the people than by kings. And he thought that popular governments were subject to corruption and that resistance to corruption might be manifested in resistance even to popular governments. 
The right of revolution, which underlay all the people's rights, might then be manifested either in violent resistance to corrupt or tyrannical governments or in the institution and maintenance of popular governments deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. In the 1790s, Jefferson was frequently of two minds as to whether the government instituted as a result of the ratification of the Constitution deserved loyalty as an embodiment of the people's rights or whether it deserved resistance for having usurped powers never given to it by the people. The transformation of the right of revolution into the right of free election really began with Jefferson's own victory in 1800. We are reminded that Lincoln's first great speech, the Lyceum Address of 1838, had as its theme the particular importance in a popular government of a reverence for the laws. Lincoln stressed the necessity of obeying even bad laws while working for their repeal or reform because disobedience to bad laws engenders a habit of lawlessness. Easily, that can turn into mob rule. And when law cannot protect persons and property, men will turn away from the rule of law to despotism for security. Indeed, Lincoln's understanding in this speech of the dangers of lawlessness for popular government or for the inexorable connection between anarchy and tyranny was substantially the same as the one that animated those who called the Constitutional Convention in 1787. Now, that all said, I know there are still a lot of questions raised, but let's start with a few facts of history, beginning with the Thomas Jefferson didn't even apply his 1787 uh, Tree of Liberty standard to himself even when he was president. As the great constitutional historian Leonard Levy writes in an entire book dedicated to this titled Jefferson and Civil Liberties, The Darker Side, Thomas Jefferson at one time or another supported Loyalty oaths, countenanced internment camps for political suspects, drafted a bill of attainder, urged prosecutions for for seditious libel, trampled on the Fourth Amendment, condoned military despotism, used the army to enforce laws in times of peace, censored reading, chose professors for political opinions, and endorsed the doctrine that the means, however odious, were justified by the ends turns out it's easy to write somewhat irresponsibly from France, I guess, and a little different when you're in your own country and the president. For example, we have something called the Insurrection Act. Many of us wanted President Trump to use it to put down the BLM and Antifa riots earlier this year. It was the cause of Tom Cotton's op-ed in the New York Times that led to the New York Times editorial page immolating itself. Guess who signed the Insurrection Act into law? Thomas Jefferson. He did so after writing to his Secretary of State, James Madison, asking if he could use military troops against a planned insurrection out of Louisiana. Madison said he could not, and thus came about the Insurrection Act, allowing for just that. Now, if I may go back to Professor Jaffa for a moment, if an individual's discontent with a law is shared with a majority or a large minority of his fellow citizens, they may join together to resist it or to have the law repealed or declared unconstitutional in the courts. The best example in our own time of how these processes are related to each other is provided by the Civil Rights Movement that culminated in the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and 1968. Here, civil disobedience, court action, political action, and finally legislative action all conspired to produce an outcome that in all likelihood would not have come to pass without the concurrence of all of them. 
These same elements in different proportions have been present in all the great political movements and controversies in American history, including anti-slavery, temperance, women's suffrage, and pro-life. To repeat what I said earlier, there still are, of course, lots of questions. Listener Steve from Phoenix emailed me this, quote, Dear Seth, I totally agree with your view that violence initiated from our side will be a terrible thing. Violence is terrible and will most likely aid the radical leftists getting control for a long time. I have a daughter who's a socialist. I hate that she's a socialist, but I love her and will certainly not want bombs or guns going off to kill radical socialists. If something like that starts to happen, most everyone, conservatives included, will support rounding up violent right-wing extremists. Now here is where I have to let you have it, a criticism to what I heard of your response. It was to vote in two years and take back the House and Senate if we lose it or increase our numbers if we keep it. I do agree we need to do that and help however we can to win the runoffs in Georgia. But I think considering the anger going on, you need to also speak up for engagement now. Something to point out, when Obama was elected, the Tea Party formed. They engaged in protests, spoke up on social media, and were instrumental in Republicans taking back Congress two years later. In this election, even setting aside whether there was fraud or not, 10 million more people voted to reelect Donald Trump. We have the potential of organizing an opposition that will make the opposition back in 2008 look like a Tea Party, no pun intended. My main point is we need to not get discouraged but engage. How? I believe there are a lot of ways, but a key thing is I know that is to know thyself. I know in previous programs you spoke about getting involved with schools and consider running for school board. That's good. I'd also push for more immediate things, like if you used to go to church but got, tur- but got turned off by their liberalism, go back. Speak up. Give them hell, so to speak. Use social media to communicate your views. Going to social media sites that don't censor, like Parler, is fine. But don't immediately abandon Facebook. I like various local news sites and often post on them. Engage with liberals and other conservatives there. You might get banned, but try as long as you can. Maybe... Keep creating new accounts. Other ideas. Join the Patriot Party. Join meetup groups of conservative Trump supporters. Join rallies and protests. I don't support violence, but civil disobedience and in some cases protests are good. Support businesses that defy lockdowns or restrictions. Join in protests over the mask mandate. Back regarding the churches. You can tell the pastor or priest if the church doesn't speak up against the left, you will direct your donations to GoFundMe accounts to assist lockdown defiance. Close quote. I'll add that I had said a few other things the other day as well, stopping unsolicited mail-in balloting and voter ID. Quite good and quite right, all of it. Thank you, Steve. One of the problems with violence against America is it will always be violence against fellow Americans, and it will not be successful. It will be bloody and it will fail. It is also inconsonant with everyone we want to revivify and study, from Washington to Lincoln. As the old man put it, there is no grievance that is a fit object of redress by mob law. Oh, sure, Antifa thinks there is, and BLM thinks there is. Not us. We build pillars hewn from the solid quarry of sober reason here. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602 508 
six zero. Welcome back, Bill. Producer, hope you had a good day off. Did you do anything fun, interesting? You cut your hair, I see. Yeah, you do that yourself. Wonder how many else, how many others do. A lot more do it than I uh, used to um, imagine do, doing it. And I don't know, is it the equivalent of cooking at home as opposed to eating out? Probably not, but it's uh, th- that would be a think more regular. But I, I, there's there's about three or four people here that cut their own hair or have their hair cut at home in our office. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Several others. I'm not one of them. I'm, I can't leave this mane to my untempered hands. A lot of you have <clears throat> emailed and called in asking me... Um, about my thoughts on this uh, suit that the state of Texas filed in the U.S. Supreme Court yesterday. I addressed it a little bit yesterday, a couple few times anyway. And um, I'll uh, I'll go into it just a little bit further um, now that I see I'm not alone in my thinking um, of its novel interest and, um, shall I say, uh, more than interest uh, – Potentiality. I, 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 I'm hesitating because I don't ever want to raise hopes. But this suit is different from the others in a lot of ways. And it's now been joined by, I think, 17 other states, at least in amicus. Uh, Hinderocker at Powerline has the same thoughts I do. Basically, what you have is the state of Texas alleging that the processes followed by several swing states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin, were unconstitutional, and the results in those states should be negated because it affects what the states that abided by the Constitution's voters did in a national federal election. Um, Not every state is indeed an island unto itself. What Michigan does affects what people in Texas do voted for if what Michigan did was wrong. The Supreme Court, why straight to the Supreme Court? That's a constitutional matter itself that suits between states, one one state suing another state. That has exclusive and original jurisdiction in the Supreme Court. That's one of the other novel and intriguing things about it. The Texas motion and its brief are well-drafted and make a plausible case. Importantly, one that, if accepted, does not require extensive fact-finding into alleged voter fraud. Reduced to its essentials, the case argues, one, that under the Constitution's electors' clause, state legislatures have plenary authority, that means complete authority, over appointment of each state's electors. Two, that in each of the defendant states, non-legislative actors, for example, a secretary of state, unconstitutionally changed the rules governing this year's elections without legislative approval or ratification. Three, that these changes favored some voters over others in violation of the Equal Protection Clause. And four, in each state, the number of ballots that were counted pursuant to unconstitutional changes in election procedures, in fact, exceeds the margin of Joe Biden's alleged victory. Um, Based on a quick review, John writes, Texas's lawsuit strikes me as plausible from a legal standpoint. It avoids the morass of fact-finding on numerous claims of fraud and irregularity, although there are considerable allegations along those lines in the pleadings. And that cannot possibly be carried out by any court in any event, not the U.S. Supreme Court. 
in a workable time frame. Does that mean the case will succeed? Don't get your hopes up too high. This is the last one to hang hopes up, hang hopes on, but don't get them up too high. It may very well be subject to some legal infirmities that the defendant states will soon point out. I believe they have three days to respond at this point. And the, or four. And the likelihood that the Supreme Court will seriously entertain the idea of overturning, overturning the apparent result of the election is a big one. It's, it's a, um, it's a, the idea that they will is, 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 it's a long shot. Um, but nonetheless, this lawsuit represents the most credible, credible and practical challenge to Joe Biden's uh, victory or tainted victory or putative victory. So those are the thoughts. It's worth reading, by the way. Um, And it's interesting that some 17 other states have now joined Texas in amicus. The the review of it that I have done is obviously persuasive to me. But again, a little bit of caution – is worthwhile. We had the Pennsylvania case, we thought, very validly in front of the Supreme Court, and not even Thomas or Alito or Barrett thought it was valid enough to take. None of them did, including those three, who I would guess are the strongest allies legally and politically of the president. You might, you might, you might throw in, um, you might throw in, uh, one other, but at least those three, you might throw in Gorsuch, I guess is who I'm thinking of, but at least of the three who have been consistently conservative, possibly even Kavanaugh, none of them did. None of them did. So this is the last shot. This is it. Uh, Don't get your hopes up, but uh, keep thinking and hoping the right things is what I guess I would say. Other thing I wanted to get to is something listener Charles started yesterday and it was um it was a um it was a call that really changed the mood for a lot of optimism based on a previous caller Doug who said he doesn't give money anymore to the Republican party he gives money to individual candidates and when we thought about individual candidates that were in the um vein of Trumpism or MAGA, Make America Great Again philosophy, we compiled, started to compile a rather large list, um, really a very large list of elected and unelected officials who we hope become elected officials, which leads me to say or led me to say yesterday and I say again today, is the biggest best bench of conservative fighters we have in my memory. We have had outliers before, but now you put this group together. I'll give it to you in a little bit. And it's a lot, a lot of names that constitute more than just asterisks and exceptions to the GOP establishment, but perhaps a new set point for what the Republican Party should be. We'll do that in a few moments, too. 602-508-0960. Be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. 3.34 means it's time for our culture and economy update with John Dombrowski of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. Happy Wednesday, John. How are you? Fantastic. I just barely made it today. Oh, really? What was that. keeping you? Oh, gosh. Just, just a busy what day What was today. nipping at your heels? Well, you know, today... if Jack you... Frost. Jack Frost. <laughs> There's a built-in answer. I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, well, today you probably heard about uh, maybe the IPO DoorDash. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, so it, it's been a, a busy day for the markets today. Uh, it was not a very good day for the overall markets, but boy, if you were able to be part of the DoorDash initial public offering, you certainly were a happy camper today. Tell people what an initial public offering is for those that are, hear the phrase yeah. IPO but aren't mm-hmm. quite sure what it is. So there we go again with those acronyms. Yep. Right? Uh, you've got uh, companies that are privately held mm-hmm. and eventually want to somehow get to the public market and to be able to be traded on one of the exchanges, whether it's the uh, the New York Stock Exchange or, or one of the other exchanges, and uh, companies that go public. That's They offer their companies to be sold, uh, shares to be sold in their companies to raise capital for a variety of different reasons. And uh, so you take a company that, like DoorDash that's been around a while, yeah. and they're a very, very successful company. And here they wanted to continue to uh, grow and uh, move their company forward. And so they uh, created this initial public offering, moving uh, the stock today. They, they expected that this stock was going to come out somewhere between maybe $65, $70, even as high as 100 uh, at which it did come out uh, initially over $100 a share, closing well above that, though, at 100 and I think it was $89. Meaning a lot of people want a piece of it. Yeah, you had a high demand for this stock, even though this is uh, well above what um, many of the experts would believe the price should be. Uh, but there's so much demand, pent-up demand for this stock that uh, we saw the stock rally today, about 85% higher today in one day of t- trading. I saw one analyst say um, it could go um, – I guess the phrase they were using was, is this is this a frothy stock? He said it could go either way, which is what makes me nervous. But I guess that's really true at bare, at bare bones with everything, isn't it? Yeah, and in tomorrow you've got uh, Airbnb, which right. is another big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Talking about that being priced in that $65 range as well. Uh, but, Seth, uh, with the way things went today, there's such a appetite for these types of stocks. These are these – are st- you know, growth companies, mm-hmm. but they're also technology companies right. as well. Because, With a niche, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. yeah, and we're definitely seeing a lot of interest in these. Uh, does it mean that that's uh, okay, these prices? Well, I mean, there are those out there, the traditionalists and those, you know, those old timers would feel this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We're looking at, uh, you know, the Internet bubble again and such. But uh, there's definite demand right now, and it is not all just from uh, the big brokerage houses. It is a lot of these individual investors out there mm-hmm. who are investing in these these uh, stocks. So we're going to have to just wait and see, but tomorrow is Airbnb, and it seems like that's going to be very well-received as well. So get ready. Yeah, we'll watch that one closely yeah. as well, John. Thanks. People Thanks. ask, though, how do they get, get a piece of that, yeah. right? So there's really no opportunity for the average person mm-hmm. to get a you know to get in on the IPO per se prior to it going public. These are people that have been invested in the company for a very very long period of time. Mm-hmm. These initial uh, investors mm-hmm. in the private company. Now here it opens up to the public. Some of those people may be able to sell some of those shares, but some people when you get on on those early. 
uh, offerings of a private company that's trying to go public, your shares are restricted. Right. And you're not able to sell on that initial IPO. Mm-hmm. You have to wait maybe a year or Right. Two you can years. tank a company otherwise. Yeah. Absolutely. There's there's a yeah. lockup that right. you have on those shares. So even though you may not be able to sell your shares today, you're still happy seeing the stock trade at that level because you're hoping it's going to maintain that level for the day that comes when you can. And uh, uh, Americans spent more this year than we thought, too, right? Not uh, just on stocks. Uh, yes, and that, that that's a consumer uh, the consumer report that's showing, how, yeah, hey, Bank of America did this, right? Mm-hmm. And we saw consumers spent more in 2020 than they did in 2019. And again, it, this goes back to Seth. We talked about this briefly yesterday. Wow. Uh, with all of the financial hurt that we're seeing out there for a lot of small businesses, the consumers are still spending money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're able to get your business uh, to a position to where you're able to uh, still get your product out there to the public, mm-hmm. they want your product. And yeah, that's, people are buying. That's where you see DoorDash right. as an example. Exactly. Right? They're exactly. able exactly. To, to fill that niche yep. that is needed. Nicely put. Yeah. Nicely put, John. This right, was good. this was really very – this was good. 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 Thank you. Well, if people want more information on these types of scenarios and situations, give me a call. You got it. Go to GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA SIPC, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC, not affiliated. Really well done, John. Thank you very much, sir. All right, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Two musical questions for you, Bill. Do we still have that Harry Connick Jr. Christmas song in our rotation? I don't know what happened to it. Frost, I think it's Frosty, the snowman. Do we still have that? We should. Yeah, if we don't. And then whatever happened to, uh, I think you quietly took this out. Cass Elliot, Mama Cass, sing your own song, make your own kind of music. I think you took this out as a mode of protest against me. Yeah, you did. Make your own kind of music. No? You don't have it in there? Double check. Yeah, make your own kind of music uh, by, by Cass. Is it? That's better. Rick in Phoenix, welcome to the show, Rick. How are you? I'm doing great. You like it when we make sausage on air? I, I love it. I love it. It's, you know where the phrase making sausage on air comes from, right? The butcher it, shop? Well, it, sure. Of oh. course. Yes. <laughs> no, where the pig? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Uh, Otto von Bismarck said there are two things people, right? There are two things people should not be seen made in public, laws and sausage. That is very perceptive, and I bl- I, I'm inclined to totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And uh, and and so that's why we say making sausage on air. <laughs> that's when, a great. When, when Bill and I have our little, what do we? What would you call it? Uh, tug tug uh, tug of war. <laughs> well, I was telling Bill. the producer pro, the, the producer host relationship is is always an interesting one. Yeah, and some are closer to their producers than others. Yeah, I, I'd venture to say I'm as I'm I'm cl- Bill and I are closer than most producers and hosts. Although some are very close, um, and it's totally different in TV. They're not close at all. They're oh, not close at all. It's just it is interesting. interesting. It's a more intimate format, I think. This now you radio. were a producer at one. I time, was myself right? a producer at one. Yeah, point. yeah. for uh, Bill Bennett. Yeah, I started yeah. as a producer, then became co-host, then became guest host. 
Okay. Yeah. Which means, which means that Bill has quite a career to look forward to. If he doesn't, you know, what it up. <laughs> if he doesn't quit, you know, um, what would you call it? Uh, Dropping the songs out. Yeah. If he, enough. yeah. If he, if he doesn't, what is it you do quietly? In your own anger, you know, there's a phrase for this that's eluding me. Hmm. You that's know, a laugh, Mrs. Robinson. That's really a laugh. No, it's not that. It's, you know, when you, when you, um, anyway, all right. <laughs> passive aggressive. That's what I'm looking for. Except oh, when passive he's passive aggressive, aggressive passively aggressively behind the scenes producing. Okay. Okay. Hey, did you ever figure out what my laugh sounds like? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. It was that cartoon dog. And yes, that's right. Dirty dog. It wasn't dirty dog. dog. No, no, no. Something dog. It was, yeah, yeah something like that. I'll yeah, think okay. of it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Chumley, maybe? Chumley? Is that I, his name? I don't know. Yeah, I, think I don't know. It. I can see him, but I can't remember the name of the character. Yeah. So, okay, Seth, I got, I got two uh, kind of serious things. Okay. If we got time. Uh so you had a caller yesterday or day before that uh, talked about the Tree of Liberty yeah. needs to be watered with the blood of patriots and yeah. so forth. And um, I, I agree we do not want to get into violence. In fact, my motto is I don't get mad, I get even. Mm-hmm. Oops. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, in all seriousness, um, I, I that would be a terrible thing if things were to go that way. But here's two things I want to think about. One is, haven't we already seen the violence? Look back over the last, what, six months or whatever it was when all the rioting, looting, and everything else. Well, I was comparing on. it. That's the, we, we were opposed killed. to it, and we were drawing on everything from our founding in Lincoln to say why it was so wrong. Yeah. And only for us to embrace it, I think, would be high folly. The thing is, Muttley, the dog, people are calling in. It's Muttley, M-U-T-T-L-E-Y, Muttley, yes. Hannah Barbera. I believe that. Yeah, it's that Muttley. Go listen it. to him on YouTube. It's your that laugh. You have the same laugh as Muttley. But <laughs> not only not only do you say, well, Thomas Jefferson said it, okay, um, but what about what Washington and Madison and Hamilton said in contrast? B. Yes. C. What about when Jefferson himself basically called it back? You know, yeah. he said this from France before a constitutional convention. After the constitutional convention, can I quote Thomas Jefferson to you? May I? Yes, absolutely. Same year, 1787. Happy for us that when we find our constitutions defective and insufficient to secure the happiness of our people, we can assemble with all the coolness of philosophers and set it to right, while every other nation on earth must have recourse to arms to amend or to restore their constitutions. In other yeah. words, once we became a constitutional republic, we became a nation of laws, not of men. Yes, yes. And, and I, I absolutely agree, Seth. You have explained very well, including that, that brief uh, summary there that you just gave. So I am in total, absolute agreement with you. Uh, just acknowledging 
that there's already been a lot of violence that's that's occurred and and yes it has been on the other side and we want to keep it that way now this point well, we want to put it down and we want to put it down with the insurrection right, with the right. with the very insurrection act that Thomas Jefferson signed yes absolutely into law. absolutely uh, this second point yeah. ties into that i think okay and that is this back in what was it the 1990s uh, when uh, oj simpson yeah. trial and so yeah. forth and you remember that he was guilty of sin, right? But he was not convicted, right? Why? Right? Because the authorities didn't want to risk the violence and the riots that would occur if he had been convicted. My well, there were two reasons. That may have been one of them. I also remember that the jury engaged in nullification. The yes, ju- yes, okay. that's true. Okay, that's true. But I think that, but I think there was a big, a very big, and and not just with O.J. Simpson, but on other cases. Yeah, Rodney too, King been, and other things. Yeah, yeah, Rodney King. So my my question is, is it possible, Seth, that our that these judges that have been throwing out and throwing yes. down, yes, have been yes. doing so, yes, not based on the merits, yes. not even looking. They're afraid yes. of the violence that will occur, which leads me to the next point, and that is. If President Trump and all of us are victorious, yes. what do we need to do to prepare for the violence that's going to erupt when that happens? Okay, good questions all. Can you hold? Bill, yes. play Muttley's Laugh, would you? <laughs> play it. Go to YouTube and get me Muttley's Laugh and, and, and tell me Rick wasn't the voice for Muttley. Do you have it? We will have it. Okay. There it is. Amazing. Yeah. That's you, Rick. All right. I'm not getting any residuals. What's Seth. what's I know. What's my clock? Do I have to go to a break? Or uh, I'm Yeah, let me go to a break, Rick, and we'll resume this oh, question okay. of yours. It's really a good one when we come right back. In an admission against interest, Rick, my um, producer Bill just uh-huh. played um, the song I a- said I think he passively, aggressively either ignored or, or took out of the rotation. Yeah. And he said, well, I was just listening to it, and um, it is the kind of thing I would do that to. <laughs> Without admitting oh, wow. to having done it, he said that. So, you know, this is what I'm dealing with here. Wow. Kind of so like Donald like Trump the, fighting the fighting one. his own party and the Democrats at the same time, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got the number one producer in the in the business and he's and he's treating you like that. Huh? Well, I want him to Avis Hurts this thing. I don't want ah. him to, I want him to act like the, I want him to think he's Avis and try harder, frankly, right, even you. though he he really is Hurts. Good deal. Um, Rick, so yeah. this the left has has made a practice of this. It's called um you know, there are various phrases for it, whether it's blackmail, uh, political blackmail, yeah. whether it's negoti- making us negotiate under duress. You know where they did this most and first and most prominently? In the universities in the 60s. Oh, yeah. When they would, okay. <clears throat> when they would threaten to burn down the college campuses unless they got X, when they would take over presidents' offices and deans' offices. There yeah. was only so- one, one, one governor that stood up to him, Ronald Reagan. The videos of it are great if you ever have a chance to go on to some video platform i was gonna say youtube but i'm so mad at youtube i hate to give them their 
name there do, but there, I guess yeah. they have such market saturation. It doesn't matter what I say. Um, yeah. but YouTube has some great art uh, worth uh, looking. Yeah, for. It, yeah, it's worth it's worth watching Reagan take the 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 boards on and the students mm-hmm. on. Most of the governors caved. Most of the college presidents and faculty caved. I was making a point of this the other day. When it came to Claremont, the tragedy is all these boards of trustees were fairly um, conservative Republican titans of industry, um, uh, captains of industry in the uh-huh. '60s, um, and they just yeah. they just didn't care. They just didn't. They just caved. And <clears throat> when the Black Panthers came on to the campuses and threatened to burn the you know what down, yeah. um, they bent to them. They bent to them. Uh-huh. And uh, we saw nothing so much of anything like that since this year, uh, again, until this year uh, right. with the BLM movement. I don't know that there's much difference between BLM and the Black Panthers, to be honest. Leonard Bernstein was throwing fundraisers for the Black Panthers, and you had gosh knows how many Hollywood types throwing millions and millions at the BLM movement this time around. Right. So it is it is political blackmail. Yeah. I don't know that the judges were doing that exactly. Uh-huh. But um, I am sure that there was a level of cowardice in some of them that didn't want to be the one that said it was my responsibility for having turned the election the other direction. I am sure yeah. that thought entered their mind. It is a big ask. Yeah. But you know what also was a big ask? Integration was a big ask. The 14th Amendment was right. a big ask. Equal rights is a big ask. Right. And if we had right. the courage of the judges, then we'd have a better republic now. It's a really smart call, though. A really smart call, Rick. I appreciate it very much. God bless you.